0: You're listening to the Morning Joe Ranch Show. A dig deep, embrace yourself, and enjoy the Wild Ride podcast. Topics of politics, climate, economics, life, and the pursuit to complain about everything. get right into the topics i'm going to be talking about um un report world has 10 months to take action on climate change um next one will be about the top one percent of americans have taken 50 trillion dollars from the bottom 90 percent since 1975 and that's made the u.s less secure um and then i'm going to talk about nestle and the baby formula the top companies that pretty much own everything, which I might do that part first and then go into Nestle because it kind of mirrors into that. And then what can you do about that? And there's a new app. Called, I don't know if it's new, but I think it's newer. It's called the Boycott app. And I'll talk about that for a few minutes. Okay, so let's just jump into it. Um, yeah, so the U-run report. If this task was urgent before, it's crucial now. UN's oh, sorry. UN says world has 10 months to get serious on climate goals, which, like I said before, (laughs) there is no stopping climate change. We can only hope to slow it down. This is a Times article. It was from February 26, 2021. So just a couple days ago. Today is Tuesday, March 2nd. Okay, I'm just going to read a little bit of this. Somebody asked me to, like, why don't you just read the whole article? And it's like, Well, I try to take the best pieces out of the article because most of these articles are pretty long and I don't just want to sit here and read articles to you guys. Like, The point of this podcast is just to try to condense it down to as much as possible with kind of like Cliff Note versions. Originally, this podcast started as that, was just Cliff Note versions of life and stuff like that. If you listen to some of the first podcasts I put out and- that was originally what it was supposed to be. And I think I just consolidated it. So so I, it was like most people have a short attention span. Which, again, I don't like giving more. Like, I try to keep this to 20 minutes, and I know I'm not. Like, they are 30 minutes. But the more of these topics that I find, I find I, what I find interesting, I hope there's others that find these interesting, too. So that's why I don't read all the articles, like, stuff. And that's why I put the sources inside the podcast notes so you guys can... Look at it for yourself and get your own opinion. I'm not saying you have to trust or believe everything I say. Question everything. But these are the stories I find. I find the data and the facts for these pretty accurate. So I, that's what I do. So anyway, getting back to this one. If the task was urgent before, it's crucial now. UN says world has 10 months to get serious on climate goals. All right, let's 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 read a little bit of this. Um If member nations are to achieve the Paris Agreement target of limiting global temperature rise above pre-industrial levels by 2 degrees Celsius, ideally 1.5 degrees Celsius by 2100, they must redouble efforts and submit stronger, more uh, ambitious goals to reduce carbon emissions, according to the report. The document tabulates that National Climate Action Plans, NDCs, of each member nation... The NDCs, which were due at the end of 2020, are essentially blueprints laying out emission reduction targets for each country, along with plans detailing how they will meet those stated goals. So far, the plans are all coming up short. The report shows that while the majority of the 75 nations that have submitted NDCs increase their individual commitments, Their combined impact puts them on a path to achieve only 1% reduction in global emissions by 2030, compared to the 45% reduction needed to hit the 1.5 degrees Celsius temperature goal. No shit. This report shows that current levels of climate ambition are very far from putting up pathway that will meet our Paris Agreement goals, said Patricia Espinenza, Executive Secretary of UN Climate Change. While we acknowledge the recent political shift in momentum towards stronger climate action throughout the world, decisions to accelerate and broaden climate action everywhere must be taken out. You know, this is, I'm glad that they put this article out there because it just goes to show you nobody in charge gives a shit. Maybe like a handful of people, but there are people on both sides that do. It's not just one side versus the other. The people in fucking office Do not give a shit and are not listening to the people that study this shit. It's so stupid. I get so mad over this because people just don't get it. It's like, we're not even like, nothing changes ever, ever changes. And I'm not laughing. I'm laughing like in a, in a cynical way. George Carlin was fucking right 20 years ago. 25 years ago, when, he's, when he said, take, and I'm not picking on people because I'm a dummy. But, you know, his whole take, I'm not even going to say it because it's such a dickhead thing to say. But it's fucking true. Like, the population just doesn't get it. And you're like, ay, yeah ay, ay. So anyway, <laughs> again, everybody calls me a nihilist. It's like, no. Realist, I mean, let's be honest here. Um, I don't even, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was, I can't even rant about it anymore because it's just so fucking stupid. So, anyway, yeah, we're fucked and nobody wants to admit it because everybody's afraid, which I agree. I'm just as scared shitless as all of you, but at least if we're aware of it, you can prepare, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Um, and no matter what Amazon tries to do with its stupid fucking. Um, we're going to be zero net emissions by 2040. Fuck you, Amazon. You're the whole fucking... Oh, man. I don't even... Oh, I fucking hate Amazon. Um, Okay. I got to move on from this topic because it just pisses me off beyond belief that we're in this situation to begin with. It's fucking stupid and it shouldn't be this way. And I don't care who's in fucking office. I don't care who you voted for. None of these fuckers give a shit. It's... It's, yeah, sure. Maybe a handful, like five on each fucking side. That's about it. The rest of them still, you know. That's why I say Venus by Tuesday. All right, all right. I'm get yeah, off my my high horse of of being dick. Um, the the next topic. The top one percent of Americans. Sorry, I'm just. Oh, the top one percent of Americans have taken fifty trillion dollars from the bottom ninety percent. And that's made the U.S. less secure. And this has been since 1975. Okay, I'm going to read a little bit from this one. Um, this is not some back of the napkin approximation. Um, and both, I'm sorry, not to cut. so both these articles are from Time Magazine. So I'll post them in the, in the show notes. This is not some back of the napkin approximation, according to a groundbreaking new working paper by Carter C. Price and Catherine Edwards of the Rand Corporation. That's a huge polling corporation. Uh, I've did a, when I did a, um, one of my previous episodes, I talked a little bit about them because it was it was during, I think, the election time. They're a huge corporation that does polling and stuff like that, Um the Rand Corporation had more equitable income distributions of three decades following World War II, 1945 through 1974. Merely held steady, the aggregate annual income of Americans earning below the 90th percentile would have been $2.5 trillion higher in the year 2018 alone. This is an amount equal to nearly 12% of GDP, enough to more than double median income, enough to pay every single working American in the bottom nine uh. And the bottom nine deciles an additional $1,144 a month, every month, every single fucking year. It doesn't say fucking, I did. This article, by the way, is from September 14th, 2020. Let me reread that. This is an amount equal to nearly 12% of the GDP, enough to... Enough to more than double median income. Enough to pay every single working American in the bottom nine. Um, in the bo- I think it's bottom nine percent is what it's saying. An additional one thousand one hundred forty-four dollars a month, every month, every single year. What What did I say two podcasts ago about the average rent being fourteen hundred dollars? Okay, I'm going to keep reading this before I go off on my fucking tangent. Sorry, guys. I I got a little bit of ADHD, but I'm trying my best to not do that to you guys. I get pissed in the middle of these. Price and Edwards calculate that the cumulative tab for our four-decade-long experiment in radical inequality had grown to over $47 trillion from 1975 through 2018 at a recent pace of about $2.5 trillion a year that number we estimate crossed the 50 trillion dollar mark by early 2020 that's 50 trillion dollars that would have gone into the paychecks of working americans had inequality held consistent 50 trillion dollars that would have built a far larger and more prosperous economy 50 trillion dollars that would have enabled the vast majority of americans to enter this part pandemic far more healthy resilient and financially secure At the Rand Report, whose research was funded by the Fair Work Center, which co-author David Roth is a board member of, demonstrates a rising tide most definitely did not lift all boats. It didn't even lift most of them, as nearly all of the benefits of growth these past 45 years were captured by those at the very top. And as an American economy grows radically unequal, it is holding back economic growth itself. I'm going to stop it right there. I, this stuff fucking pisses me off. And when I hear people tell me about the minimum wage thing, that it shouldn't be passed, you're in the fucking working class. You should not be put pissed off at the poor people. Like, again, I have proven over and over again on this fucking podcast, go look at the data. We have not kept up with inflation. They have suppressed minimum wage for 20 years. These are the fucking politicians who has, who have been in office For 30 plus years, the Mitch McConnell's and the Nancy fucking Pelosi's, the Chuck Schumer's and uh, the the, uh, Lindsey Graham's. So when you sit there and tell me $15 minimum wage would ruin it, the rising did a great thing today. I should include it in this thing. They talked about the $15 minimum wage and that there was actually a study done of what would happen if they raised $15 minimum wage. Your cheeseburger would probably only go up 17 cents for real but god forbid working class people actually have a living wage and the people that are like well why would anybody get 15 dollars an hour to flip a burger hey dumbass and i'm not really calling you dumbass but i'm trying to tell you like think about it if their wage goes up your employer has to pay you more because guess what you can leave for an easier job like that's the point of it They've kept it suppressed for too long. And for those of you that have kids, just wait. When they can't move out, you can't bitch at them because they can't fucking move out of your house. Quit acting like this is a poor person problem. It's, a, it's not a race problem. It's a fucking us versus them in terms of the rich versus the rest of us. And I mean rich by, I'm going to get more into it in the end of the podcast. There's 10 fucking companies that own everything. And I got documentation for it. I'm not, again, I'm not trying to yell at you guys. I'm so glad you guys listen to this, the people that do. It's frustrating though. When you're arguing with people, I I swear to God, it's like, I said this quote, like my sister said, um, she said this to me and it's exactly right. Experts of everything without knowledge in anything. People just sit there and spew shit off that they fucking hear, but they don't want to look into stuff. We want headlines. That's all we fucking look at. And I'm guilty of that a lot of the time until I start diving into it. And it's like, what the fuck? And when you actually start looking at data and statistics, it's like everybody wants to claim that capitalism works. It fucking doesn't. It doesn't work. Just like socialism doesn't work. There's aspects of it that fucking work. Fine with me, but it doesn't work for everything. God damn, I'm getting mad and I'm sorry. I'm not yelling at you guys. Um, I'm just... Uh, This is just disturbing. $50 trillion from the bottom 90%. And we still fight like Amazon gives a shit about us. I'm speaking strictly to the Republicans right now. Because it's like, I don't understand why you guys act like corporations like you. Like, it's not free market. (laughs) They're the ones taking out the mom and pop shops. Like, harness your anger at the right thing. Harness your anger at the right people. That's look. Stop looking at party lines. None of them give a shit about you. Hey, hey, hey. okay. Whoo. Um. My next thing is going to be going into. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do the um, the Nestle's and baby formula first, and then. I'll do the top companies that pretty much own everything. Because I think this will go hand in hand. So I never heard about this until recently. And this is fucking disturbing. Um, so I have a few sources for this too. This There's a source from February 1st, 2018. is from The Guardian. Um, I have another Guardian article from February 13th, 2013. And then I have a thing from... April 1987 The Multinational Monitor um, And this is the Hawking disaster In the third world um, But I'm going to read from the Guardian article So this article is about Eight years old but this is fucking Disturbing Nestle baby milk scandal has grown up But not gone away Um, Obesity and diabetes show that better standards In the food industry must be enforced Writes Mike Mueller author of the 1974 Baby milk scandal report this is fucking, this, uh, just again, it irks me. Um, yeah, actually, let me see. There's, I have a bunch of articles here, and I kind of want to read one that has. Um, so, Nestle is the global market leader for infant milk products with a market share of close to a quarter. It has been, dodged, uh, it has been dogged by the advertising issue since a 1974 report called The Baby sparked a worldwide boycott. In 1981, the WHO adopted a strict code of advertising banning the promotion of baby milk products as being in a way comparable to breast milk. Nestle insists that it follows the code as implemented by national governments. But the new report finds that it touted products in the U.S. such as Gerber Good Start Gentle Powder as our closest to breast milk. And sold it as, um, I don't know how to say this, Baba Optipro 1 Powder in Switzerland as following the example of breast milk. Um So this is kind of the, this is the gist of it. Nestle had Nestle's baby formula campaign in the third world was to play scary ads talking about how natural breast milk made babies prone to poverty and disease, stressing out the moms. So the stress makes the body slow down the milk production. This is all fucking science right now, thereby further encouraging mothers to switch to Nestle's formula. Nestle would also give free samples outside of doctor's offices. Each sample was the exact amount needed for two weeks. The exact amount of time it would take for a baby to shut down uh, milk production after lack of use. So they were basically (laughs) stressing out moms like purposefully to sell more fucking products. There's so much shit to this. Um, I Really like... This is a whole podcast episode on this, but again, I don't want to like, just it's like reading these articles is just sad and disturbing. And again, it's when you take yourself out of the perspective, I've really observed politics now as spectator, because nothing's going to change. I could sit here and preach to the world. Um, po- I, like my soapbox should just break anyway, because I shouldn't even have, a, I don't want to have a soapbox I get tired of hearing my fucking self. But at the same time, it's like, how do people not understand? Pull your fucking head out of your ass. Look at it from a spectator standpoint and realize corporations and politicians don't care about you. All they want is money. The whole system's based off of fucking money. So stop thinking that there's like... (laughs) Ah, man. Anyway. So basically, um, i just... The infant formula companies also hire milk nurses to visit uh, patients in the maternity wards of hospitals to promote bottle feeding. The business of these so-called nurses to sell milk, not look after the health of the children, said Dr. Cicely D. Williams, a British doctor who worked in hospitals throughout the third world in Africa. I wouldn't let them in. They came to me about it, but I said, no, not as long as I'm here. Williams said she found the same thing in Singapore where Nestle used women dressed as nurses to convince new mothers to use infant formulas. All to sell products. Yeah, good old capitalism. Unregulated capitalism. Why don't you look up what Nestle does to its drinking water? It's basically privatizing drinking fucking water. You know, just wait when there is water wars, and those are coming. If you don't think they are, they're coming. Maybe not this year... Probably within a decade. Even the fucking guy that called the Big Short... Um, what is his name? Michael, Bur- Michael Burry or whatever? Michael Burry? Um, yeah, he's even... He's got like tons of stock staked in water. So, I, you know, I, again... Smarter than minds than me... See the fucking writing on the wall. But I'm a nihilist. Whatever. Alright, I'm being a dick and I'm not trying to. I, I'm going to move on from this one because this one's another one. It just fucking irks me. But again... I'm going to get into the next part with it being, <laughs> this is an independent article from the independent.co.uk. These 10 companies control everything you buy. Yes, they do. Only 10 companies control almost every large food and beverages beverage brand in the world. These com- companies, Nestle, Pepsi, Coca-Cola, Unilever, uh, Danone, Dan- I think it's Danone or something, Danone. General Mills, Kellogg's, Mars, Associated British Foods, and Mandela's each employ thousands and make billions of dollars in revenue every year. In an effort to push these companies to make positive changes and for customers to realize who controls the brands they're buying, Oxfam created a mind-boggling infographic that shows how interconnected consumer brands really are. It's insane. I'm going to include this article. The graphic is right at the top of this article to see who owns Oh, my God. Like, every fucking brand you can think of, every brand, is owned by one of these ten. It's nuts. Oh, my God. Again. And most of them are grocery. Like, you, General Mills has really monopolized the fucking grocery market and Kellogg's. Um. <laughs> all right. I'll read a little bit more of this. Uh, Associated British Food. Oh, this was from 20. Wait, what year was so? This was from 2017. So, Kellogg's revenue 2016, 13 billion dollars. Uh, Associated British Foods, 16.8 billion dollars. This is revenue. General Mills, 16.6 billion. Um, D- Dannon, uh, 23.7. Mandela's, 25.9. Mars. 35 billion. Coca Cola, 41 billion. Good Ola, what's his name? The Oklahoma, uh, what's his, uh, or Nebraska, whatever his fucking name is. I don't like him. Um, Unilever, 48.3 billion. Uh, Pepsi, 62.8 billion. Nestle, 90.2 billion. Um, So, again, 10 companies. That own every, pretty much control everything you buy. Try growing your own food. Be interesting. But just wait. When Nestle owns all the water, can't get pissed off about it if you allow it to. Oh, but wait. Let's just keep kicking the fucking can down the road with the same politicians we fucking elect every fucking goddamn year. Yeah, that's really changed a lot. And I'm talking about both sides, not just one. This has really helped us out a lot. All right, I'm going to move on from this one because, again, it's just pissed me off. And I'll include this in the um, in the info or in the, the show notes for you all. Um, in terms of I got two feel-good ones, but one of them I don't really know is a feel-good one. So there's an app called Boycott, and you can basically download it. And it's I don't know how cool it is. I haven't tried it. I found it because I wanted to see if there was anything you could do with doing so. But it's a free app. You vote with your wallet is what it's called. Now over a million people taking action every day. Um, Join campaigns. Join crowdsource campaign to get behind causes you care about. I, th- I don't have any like... Th- I'm not associated with... I'm just reading what they say they're doing. You shop smart. Scan barcodes when shopping to learn product history. You could speak up. Get your message across by notifying product owners. Um, it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like a cool idea. I I don't know. I haven't downloaded it. And to me, it's like, I don't know. It might be worth it. Might not be. You guys look into it. I mean, I don't know who runs the app and and shit like that, but (laughs) yeah, the illusion of choice is what they put down on. There's the infographic for the top, the top brands or whatever. So I'll include a link. You guys are more than welcome to download it if you want to. My last, um feel good one and i thought this was pretty cool as a musician as a music fan um as someone that's occasionally plays out u.s music fans spent more on vinyl than cds last year for the first time since 1986 that's crazy and i get that we're in the land of digital but it's crazy to think cds are going away i still have a cd player in my car my daughter cracks me up um Cause she can't get past like, I have a record player and then I have a CD player, and she's never really seen an eight track yet. But I kind of explained it to her, and she has seen a cassette tape. And she's I have a video cassette player still, and I have video tapes, and she laughs like she's like, oh my gosh, what is this thing? You know, and she's almost nine years old, but to her it's like fascinating to see these old technologies or whatever. But um, I'm just gonna read a little bit of this. I just thought it was cool. 2020 may have been a gloomy year thanks to the pandemic, but was also an extraordinary year for vinyl. In the United States, the format outsold CD albums on a monetary basis in 2020. According to new data from Industry Body, the IRAA, it was the first time the vinyl trumped CD's annual revenues in the U.S. for 34 years. Vinyl LPs and EPs generated six hundred and ninety six hundred and nineteen point six million million in retail spending in the year, according to the IRAA's new year end report that was 136 million dollars more than the total spend by U.S. music fans on CD albums wow that's crazy that's really cool though I love vinyls I know a lot of people that are like now getting back into vinyls um I yeah they're a lot of fun uh to, to collect and stuff so I just, I'll I'll include this one uh, in the show notes if you guys want to read about it. It was pretty neat though seeing it, and of course like digital, digital's obviously what everybody's doing now with iTunes and Spotify and all that. So, um, oh, and Harry Styles was the top selling vinyl last year. He sold two hundred and thirty two thousand vinyl sales. Wow, that's not. I would think it'd be more than that. Billie Eilish was right behind him, 196,000 and Queen's greatest hits, 176,000 right behind them. That's pretty cool though. Um, that was my feel good story. I'm trying to do one <laughs> one of, I don't even I don't know if anybody even listens to the end of this podcast. To be honest with you. And if you do, I really appreciate it. I always say this at the end of the podcast. I'm not yelling at you. I appreciate you listening. I'm just I'm passionate I'm angry because people keep telling me that one side's better than the other and it's from both sides. And I'm like, I don't really give a shit. I like policies and I like to see how people vote. And majority of the time, the people that are in politics are voting against your own special interest. We need a lot of shit change. There's no doubt on both sides. And for me, it's like, I don't hate anybody that doesn't agree with me. My whole thing is pull yourself out, be a spectator for a bit and stop choosing sides. Look at the policies that they're trying to implement. Biden ran on, there is evidence and proof that Biden said he wants to pass the $15 minimum wage. That's why Bernie Sanders took his position, which Bernie Sanders should have really held his balls to the fire and said, I'm not dropping out of the race unless you do, unless you, you know, you give me your word and he didn't. So now Biden can back out of it. So that's why I get really annoyed with like people that like tell me about democratic policies and stuff. It's like, your side's not like some great, fantastic side. If you're going to side with them, it's okay to agree with some of the stuff they do. I do. I agree with some of that stuff. But I also agree with some of the stuff the conservatives do. But I don't align with the parties because neither side gives a shit. Joe Biden is a piece of shit. He's a career politician that needs to get put out of office, just like Trump was. Trump wasn't a career politician, but he's a piece of shit. So, again, that's just my take. You don't have to agree with me; it's fine, but it's my podcast, so that's what I decide to say. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Keep coming back. Again, I think my emails should be in the show notes or whatever. If anybody has like a sp- specific topic they'd like me to, to discuss, or they have a cool article, I'm always looking for n- material. If there's somebody interesting to interview, please. Send it to me. I would love to interview people on here because I get tired of just talking by myself, but I would love to have people on here. It gives a different perspective. um, And I don't want to debate people. It's more just scientists, you know, those types of people that like factually have data driven ideology. I'm all about it. That's what I'm all about. Anyway. All right. I'm done ranting. You guys all have a good one. This week's podcast was brought to you by ConnectGo Internet Inc., Bringing your business to the future, connectgo.com.